Servus und herzlich willkommen to another episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works flagship show. I am delighted to be here today. Uh, yes, this is your schnitzel back after a pretty long hiatus. And uh, I'll be recording with uh, the world famous Tom Adams, famous for being one of the most passionate Bayern and Liverpool fans, you know, out there. And also famous for being a part of this amazing duo that's so popular with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, making this your fan favorite duo. I'm claiming it to be that. I hope what I'm saying is true. What do you think, Tom? Are we the fan favorites? I would hope, but I will very much tell you that about 15, 25 minutes ago, my dog definitely does not treat me like that because I had to wait for her to, uh, let's just say, go to the bathroom. And she did not care what dad did for a living or how much I know about Bayern or Liverpool or how educated I might sound or the fact that I'm a part of a award-winning podcast that, let's be, let's be honest, Chuck Smith took all the credit patting himself on the back but you know it's uh it's us smaller guys really that make it happen right yeah and as uh chuck rightly pointed out i was busy dealing with a coke bust and now that i'm done beating all those allegations and i'm back i've been cleared of all charges <laughs> they did not have any evidence against yeah, me. yeah and there so were also rumors never uh, happened. schnitzel that you were byron's uh dortmund insider but we can we yeah. can prove that uh that is not the case yeah, I uh, may or may not have uh, been on a secret mission, you know, to do some... Uh, I mean, I may or may not have had a hand in Bayern winning the Bundesliga title this season, you know. <laughs> I mean, and then, I and the then city, all of a sudden, so. Rafael Guerrero signs for us, too, after your excursions yeah. in Dortmund. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not gonna add anything more, you know. I mean, you can speculate all you want at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's great to be back. And uh, I have missed this. Uh, it's been so nice to, you know, host this podcast again. And uh, it's nice to have you on the show with me, Tom. So obviously, we have a lot to discuss. Bayern has been keeping us super busy and on our toes. We have all these posts coming out covering all the transfer rumors, uh, all the new signings, uh, all the new transfer updates. And it's really exciting because this transfer window, we already have had a massive clearing out of the board. Both the CEO and the sporting director have been fired. And a lot of changes, you know, on board. Thomas Tuchel with a lot more power and a lot more say in transfers. Are you excited for the transfer window? And uh, what are your thoughts on, for example, uh, how the transfer signings have panned out so far in uh, Guerrero and, uh, uh, oh my God, who was the other signing? Conrad uh, Conrad Leimberg. Yes. Yeah. And I should say at the time of recording, Kim and Jay, basically, um, I understand how it works is you can just tell a club that you're going to activate the release clause before it technically expires because obviously it's uh july now uh, and once you get that agreement like they don't need the installments right up front i guess that's how it works i was listening to this about uh you know liverpool out of nowhere signing uh dominic shabashlai from Arbe Leipzig, and I, I understand it's a similar deal with uh bayern and napoli and kim min jay but to answer your question very very excited i kind of was uh, upset with the Lucas Hernandez to PSG news kind of coming out of nowhere. And I know that uh, I always had this question. I've put it out on Twitter several times about how much of an effect Hassan Salihamidzic being gone would uh, affect certain players. And it seems like there is a little bit of that going on with Hernandez, not to say that, you know, if Brazo was still here, he wouldn't have decided to leave anyways. That's neither here nor there, but um, I think we'll get into it later in the pod. There's some other candidates um, in Bayern squad that have been saying some things where at least their representatives uh, toying with a potential move prior to their contract expiring or instead of accepting a new deal. But I think we've strengthened exactly where we had to strengthen. Kim Min Jae coming in for Hernandez. Min Jae, if you look at his injury history record, hardly ever injured. I think the only matches he missed for Napoli this season were through yellow card suspension. Uh, Rafael Guerrero, I think, I don't know if it was you or um, Ryan last week or a few weeks before, but maybe you shared the sentiment. I think Rafael Guerrero had some of his best performances in that, uh, the Ruk Runda of the, uh, the Bundesliga. So he's a player who's coming in prime form, um, and I'm very, very happy to have him, whether he plays more in the midfield or as a wing back or as left back or potentially even right back if needed. If Masrawi has injury problems and Conrad Leimer, I think he's a fantastic 
fantastic addition that can be box to box. I personally think he can do a job at number six if we want to give Kimmich uh, more freedom, but Thomas Tuchel has that luxury. So I'm very excited, and I know that we still need to fill this striker's position. I know that we'll we'll get into that, but as it stands, with how much power you recently just said that Tuchel seems to have, I'm I'm loving it. Um, I don't maybe care, uh, if you will, that he's maybe pushing buttons and kind of really forcing our supervisory board to kind of give more leeway, but yeah, I, I'm very, very pleased, and I'm I'm very confident that we'll get uh, some more fantastic signings, whether it's a top-class striker, another defender. But with the way things have gone, very much looking forward to the rest of the window. Yeah, so like ignoring the fact that Tuchel is the man behind these transfers, I mean, solely looking at this from a transfer perspective, solely looking at it, it from the quality of the players, I think uh, Kim and Jay is a statement signing, obviously, really fantastic defender, can play uh, on, you know, both the left and the right side of defense at the center-back position and has been one of the star players for Napoli this season. They've won the Serie A by a whopping, I don't know, 16 points, I think, or maybe even more. They were crazy this season. And uh, I believe that uh, he can definitely reinforce our defense now that Hernandez is gone. And everyone and their dog knows that Hernandez was one of my favorite players at Bayern. And that's mainly because not... uh, I mean, it's it's the intangibles that he brings to the table. It's just he is so good in 1v1 situations and it's just his aura, right? Like he, he is very old school in his defending. And I feel like I've, I've mentioned this before. I feel like he's an incarnation of uh, Nesta, if you may. I mean, like like in terms of what he brings to that position as a defender. And he's always there to clean up the the mistakes of the other defenders. So... Obviously, uh, we're losing a very key player, but then again, uh, you can only call yourself key if you are available for a team, and that's a, an issue that has, you know, been quite massive in Hernandez's case. He wasn't there for more than fifty percent of his games, you know, for Bayern, and that's a really alarming statistic. So, if you're not available, then you're probably not worth it. And honestly, forty-eight million for the defender is a pretty good deal in my opinion especially since we've already used three or four years of his deal and he only had one year left in his contract and i share your opinion i think it's it's a pretty good window and speaking about good window this is this has the potential to be one of the best windows in buying history if a certain player from a certain tottenham hotspur joins the club in Munich, and I'm not talking about 1860, I'm talking about Bayern Munich. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Harry Kane moving to Bayern Munich? I mean, do you think he'll make the move? Do you think the Bayern board will be able to convince Daniel Levy to somehow sell the star player? And second, do you think he will instantly make Bayern a, ch- a Champions League contender? If he joins 100%, Bayern would absolutely be a Champions League title contender and I would even go all out and say that you know another treble is just that much more likely I think he would run riot in the Bundesliga and maybe even uh you know test Lewandowski's scoring records and the Daphne Pokal if he gets uh later round matches in that competition and certainly the Champions League there's absolutely no doubt there I don't I'm not really too bothered by the fact that he's 30 um and doesn't have as many years ahead of him as some of the other striker candidates that we've been linked with, you know, uh, Osiman, Lalovic, Randall Kolomwani, but none of those guys are anywhere near as proven. I, I'm of the opinion, I think the uh, statistics and the experience should be valued a little bit more than something as simple as age. I think it's like way riskier to take a punt on a striker that's had one decent season or a season and a half and then having them fail. I think there's you know, if you were to sit down and chalk up a lot of numbers, you would find a lot of instances. I mean, look at me, like Liverpool fan too, Darwin Nunez. His stats do speak against um, or to the fact that he has a far better second season, but it's far more, there's far more risk involved. So I think Kane would absolutely smash it uh, in the Bundesliga and at Bayern. I have zero doubts about that. I think he could easily play until he's like 34, 35, much like Robert Lewandowski. You know, they're different players, different strikers, both number nines, however, a lot of this just comes down to Daniel Levy and, and Tottenham. I very, very much think he and Tottenham as a club in their front office are 100% committed to letting him run down his contract until next summer. 
and risking losing him as a free agent and letting him walk. But with that said, I think this is a way better situation in our favor with Tuchel and our supervisory board, the connections he may still have in the Premier League and convincing Kane of the project at Bayern Munich and the club sort of being built around him in this image of how powerful it would be to get this English superstar in the Bundesliga and at Bayern. And I think Tuchel has way more leverage and a better standing and better pull than, let's say, Pep Guardiola did two seasons ago, remember, when he came very close to joining Manchester City from Tottenham and then wound up staying. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I actually agree with uh, most of your points. I believe that Kane will instantly strengthen Bayern's offense, and I'm sure it's going to be super difficult to negotiate with Spurs. I think the deal is far from done. It honestly doesn't matter, even if uh, personal terms have been agreed, because Bayern has the tough task of convincing Tottenham that it is in their best interest to sell uh, Kane to Bayern. And it would make sense. I mean, First, you don't want him joining your rivals. Like, imagine he joins Man United or, you know, Chelsea probably won't happen because, no, it may happen. You know, they don't care about spending money. That's there. And uh, possibly even, I'm not sure he might join Liverpool, but uh, you might, because they they already have Nunez. But I'm just saying, I mean, there are so many possibilities, right? And I'm definitely sure every single Premier League club, uh, maybe bar Man City, might be interested in at least, you know, asking for the player's valuation, maybe interested in inquiring about him. And next season, though, when he's free, everyone's going to pounce, right? So you don't want that risk. You want to ensure that he doesn't go to a direct title rival and you also want to milk as much money as possible from another club for it. And I just think that Bayern are in a precarious position. If they put all their cards on Harry Kane and if this doesn't pan out, because we know how Daniel Levy is very stubborn and he might you know, opt to just keep Kane for another year if it means running down his contract, Bayern are going to be in a hard spot because I don't think... Bayern should start the next season without signing a striker, like a proven goal scorer. Second, I just think, I know that $100 million for a player of Kane's caliber, the market value he brings, and the fact that he's England's captain, it might increase Bayern's marketability in the United Kingdom. I just think $100 million for a 30-year-old player, maybe uh, giving us three, four seasons of uh, top goal-scoring form, and then maybe making a move to another club uh, might, might, be, might be a good thing, but it's probably not the best deal for Bayern. I just think, and I don't know, it's just a hunch, signing a player like Vlahovic might be better for Bayern, at least in the long run. And Vlahovic is a player who is probably, at, at, at this point in time, uh, maybe a mile and a quarter below Kane in terms of overall quality as a striker. But he's still super young, very strong physically and has so much you know refinement to his game already at this stage of his career and i believe that with bayern's offensive output with the chances they create and everything else they do it really doesn't matter as long as you have a good striker who can just score goals goals will come i mean chupo moting yeah. was amazing under nagelsmann right like yeah chupo moting and chupo not moting a lot of us expected that at all Exactly. Like, he just slotted the striker in and Chupo Moting was banging in goals. So if Chupo Moting can be a a 20-goal-a-season striker with Bayern's attack, pretty sure a player like Vlahovic could at least average 30 goals. And this is not to say that signing Kane is probably not the best thing to happen in the past 10 years of Bayern transfers, right? That would be crazy. And I would be thrilled. Like, it, it would be insane. But... At the same time, I'm just thinking if the board really wants to make a financially prudent situation and maybe also invest in multiple positions instead of breaking the transfer record maybe once or twice in the same window, then maybe signing a player like Vlahovic. And I'm being greedy here. I really want his teammate Federico Chiesa also at Bayern. So it would be a dream transfer window for me if Bayern can you know, sign both Vlahovic and Chiesa and sell Gnabry and Mane. I mean, I just don't want those two players at Bayern anymore. So that's just my opinion. I mean, I would like so much of it, too. I feel like selling the package to Kane. uh, What do a lot of these guys who I because 
I should start this by saying a Premier League scoring records and scoring records in England are part of Kane's thinking process and assuredly a part of uh, Daniel Levy and Tottenham's um, and any advice, anybody who's whispering in Kane's ears about potentially staying instead of going to Bayern or somewhere else um, abroad, even though I think I, 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 I'm of the opinion like you, it's either another Premier League club or Bayern. I, I don't really see a Real Madrid personally or, or anywhere else no. in uh, La Liga or uh, Ligue right. yeah. or Eredivisie, God forbid. You know, I, I really don't see and definitely nowhere else in the in the Bundesliga. But, you know, you saw what Erling Haaland was able to do. I think if uh, Kane doesn't ever make that move to Manchester City as that current squad is, you know, when you think of your Alan Shears, your your Wayne Rooney's, your Hasselbanks, like what do I don't even know about Hasselbank. I don't know why I, I uh, uh, <laughs> that name out. But OK, take these two guys, Alan Shearer, Wayne Rooney. What do these two guys have? that Harry Kane doesn't have and does not have a realistic chance of doing. Can you name Any that? Trophies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, would you rather be remembered in the, you know, in the, in the top echelons of premier league scoring without having ever won anything, or would you rather look back on your career having, you know, at least something in your trophy cabinet at a club level and being a part of, of something. And, you know, I, I've actually I don't want to uh, say my, my my good mate's name on the airwaves, but he's a huge Tottenham fan. He's from Essex, North Chelmsford, uh, London, and he's a, a big Tottenham fan. And so I've had to console him throughout the years because his club is uh, let's just say there's a reason why people say that's so spursy of a thing to do when something goes negative or just like empirically wrong. So there's a lot more of a concern amongst Tottenham fans about getting uh, more solid defenders right now to be to be quite honest and i think that they've made uh, some poor decisions with their in- investments elf- elsewhere to be quite honest and they've kind of fluffed certain chances to to better their attack and i think if you're trying to sell this from kane's perspective and tottenham's you could say hey 100 million you could reinvest that in very very ample attacking ability to join the likes of james madison hingman's son uh you know everyone else who's who's a part of their attacking squad i wanted to say Richarlison, but i really um, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to put the uh, explicit tab on here, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know what, Hauser, I, I yeah. it's good for the league to have that. But I'm not a fan of those style of players like your Charleston, Sergio mm, Ramos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Casemiro, your favorite player. So uh... and if you're trying to sell the package to Harry Kane, be like, hey, you've got Coman, Leroy Zane, Jamal Musiala. You know, Serge Gnabry, Thomas Muller, Sadio Mane, Yashua Kimmich. You've got these guys providing support to you instead of what yeah. you have at Tottenham. This is a huge yeah. opportunity for you. And yeah, you might have that asterisk for a lot of people, particularly in England or around the world. Yes, it was the Bundesliga. It's a farmer's league. But think of the possibilities, the market marketability, the total package that comes with it. Um, but at the end of the day... Um, they Tottenham, maybe they still can stand in the way, but they'll be too good of an opportunity to refuse. I think if Bayern are willing to just um, surpass that 100 million euro mark plus performance based add-ons, and especially those add-ons could be lucrative for Tottenham because Bayern is always in the Champions League and usually always progresses out of the group. So there's more of a, a return on investment, if you will. I agree. And there's not yes. any other. A lot of times with these players who have bounced around, like I think even uh, Atletico is getting a part it's not of like the, the transfer from Bayern to PSG. Yeah. Like who are we, who well, he played like in the fourth or the fifth tier? Are we going to, who are we supposed to, like who, no one else is, uh, benefiting from this deal to my knowledge agrees a straight business between Bayern and and Tottenham so I think the package is there it's just a matter of will he be convinced enough and you know I was reading this morning that Bayern are hoping a little bit that there's some pull from he himself to make this move happen and oddly enough I I I didn't hear you mention a Randall Kolo Moani too much so I would assume that you don't rate him as highly as an alternative of uh I don't as, uh, want Vladovich him to join Kiesa Bayern or uh I just, Yeah. I don't want him to join Bayern simply because I don't think he fits the profile of the type of striker that Bayern are looking for. He's more of a wide forward and we already saw what happens with that kind of player with uh, Sadio Mane for example like just I yeah. mean 
really quality player, but may I would I would prefer playing him in tandem with another striker with a proper number nine as opposed to playing Randall Kolomwani up front as a sole striker because it's always uh, better in Bayern's case to have a player who can also a striker who can also be really good with his back to goal like we had with Robert Lewandowski you yeah. know create chances for the other teammates and Kane is really good it, at involving yeah. the the rest of the attack right and exactly that is and dropping deeper is, he he does that for both Tottenham and for England to great effect yeah. If he if he gets out of you know his usual you know trying to you know flop inside the box with uh, by dropping down his shoulder and his back towards a player you know that gimmick if he just cools that down he might also maybe increase uh, firstly his the the number of offensive chances it creates and potentially the yellow cards he might receive for diving because he's he's one player that I think <laughs> could uh, surpass. Uh, every striker we've had bar Robert Lewandowski in terms of offensive output season in, season out. And maybe even, uh, I probably won't say better than Lewandowski's best seasons because Lewandowski is the current record holder for most goals in a Bundesliga season. And I don't think that record's going to be broken for a very long time. But that being said, like I said, Kane is a game changer. He can work wonders with the rest of Bayern's squad, especially with a player like Thomas Miller. I mean, imagine Miller supplying balls to Harry Kane, right? That That is crazy. Like, I can't even imagine... Yeah, creating the space many, for him. ...how many goals that attack will create. I just want... You know, I just I just think there's so many intangibles, just so many things to consider in this deal. Like, does Kane really want to stay in the Premier League and chase that one record? He will definitely be in the record books forever if he breaks Shearer's record, right? There is no denying that. But at the cost well, of also, what? How much longer is uh, Haaland going to stay in the Premier League? He'll just stick Precisely. He stays in yeah. City for longer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Haaland could probably still break the record in another eight, nine years. He's already, like, going crazy right now. So does he really want to take the risk of, you know, sacrificing his career in terms of trophies, in terms of even if he moves to Manchester United after his, you know, stint at Spurs, do you think he'll win trophies? Like maybe the Europa League again. I'm not very sure anything beyond that is plausible given that City win the Premier League every season. It's like a given. The FA Cup is up for grabs. There's so many clubs, you know, always vying for that. And Man City's again well, the favorite. You are for forgetting Schnitzel. They just played paid uh, 60 million euro for the mighty or 60 million pounds, I should say, for the mighty Mason Mount. So I don't know. Maybe uh, there's a uh, maybe there's a way bigger package with uh, Mason Mount and Marcus Rashford versus Coman, Zane, Muller, Gnabry, Mane, Musiala. Kimmich. I still I mean, think I, I'll, I'll leave you to judge that. I rest my. Kimmich. I still, I still think winning the Premier League is going to be a pretty big mountain for Manchester United. Yeah, I think it's going to be honestly between. I, I think City. Um, I don't see United winning the Premier League next season. I don't see Tottenham challenging for it. So, I mean, that's fact enough. And I'm he's he's no dummy. I mean, he's no slouch. He he knows that. Um, it's very simple. Like if obviously Kane Manchester United, win, like Bayern. Yeah. If Kane wants to win Go the ahead. Champions League, like ASAP, if he wants the easiest shot, if he wants the best chance and he wants it right away, he should join Bayern. It's as simple as that. No other club outside of Manchester City Absolutely. offers him that much in terms of, you know, winning ability right now and in terms of a squad that's ready made to win it all. Like, honestly, if Bayern Munich sell Gnabry, and money somehow if they're able to ship those two players to another club for a combined 60 70 million yeah i don't think we're getting more than that for those two and probably we might be even lucky to get more than 50 million if i'm being honest because one of them is always offside and the other player is a very streaky and scores every fortnight so but it's like five goals but it's every fortnight so is it really worth it not very sure. So I'd rather those players make the move and we sign someone like Harry Kane and maybe another winger to complement the rest of the attack. And our transfer window is done pretty much, in my opinion. We might need and we could even bring up, hey, defender. do you want to uh, uh, be a part of, was it 7-2 in the, the trouble winning season? COVID? Yeah, 7-2 at Tottenham Stadium? It's like, do you, do you want to be on the seven <laughs> end of that or the two? Take Precisely. Pick, man. Precisely, precisely, yeah. Or you could just, I don't know, join some other club 
end up facing Bayern in the Champions League and then you get thrashed. So it's always better to be on the winning side. Yeah. Might be a nice nice point you could use <laughs> to convince the, convince the player. And yeah, that brings me to the next question. I, I think we have dealt with this uh, before in bits and pieces. What happens to Matthew Telv? I mean, we've seen the quality that the player has. It's undeniable. He's young and he already shows so much composure. He has a bright future ahead of him, but he's still not yet there as a finished product. Do you think Bayern should loan him away this season if we sign a striker? Or do you think we should keep him and let him play alongside the striker or come in as a substitute for the striker? If we wind up signing a striker, I think... I personally think Bayern already have a list of clubs that they already may have been in contact with that they're going to possibly loan tell out to if we do wind up signing a striker. And I, I know that the latest reports say they're just waiting to see how he presents himself in preseason. But time and time again, they, the club has said they don't want to put too much pressure on him, uh, especially since uh, if we don't sign a tri- striker, let's say, which in that case, I think we should definitely keep him. But I, I think the onus would be much more on Chupamoteng in, in that sense because of the experience he has, um, the Champions League experience, uh, experience against the best teams in the Bundesliga, and actually having a decent scoring uh, per ninety minutes. Um, he has a one of the highest actually season over season since he's joined from PSG, which our very own John Dylan made happen. <laughs> um, his uh, goals per minute ratio is is very good and very impressive. It was unfortunate that we lost him. Excuse me. Uh, to injury towards the end of the season, not to say that it would have made, you know, a huge amount of difference, but <laughs> it was unfortunate not yeah. having him for the uh, the end of the season and the run in, uh, especially in the Bundesliga. But we have Dortmund to thank for, you know, blowing their chance and then Musiala <laughs> to thank for Precisely. scoring that late, late uh, winner. But uh, yeah, I think I, I personally think there's already a list of clubs, whether in uh, Ligon or the Bundesliga, that they're potentially going to loan him out to. Um, and I think I honestly do think it's as simple as unless he absolutely tanks in preseason and there's attitude issues or performance levels drop, I think that if we get that striker, um, he'll get loaned out. But if we don't, he'll definitely stay. Uh, yeah, as I think necessity. that's fair. I think I think for his own sake, I would much rather he go to a club that needs a striker, gets valuable minutes and experience, and then returns back to Bayern with that experience. And I think... I would rather have him, I mean, if he end up signing a striker, say Harry Kane, then he could also learn quite a lot from the striker, right? In terms of everything, positioning, scoring goals, the instinct, you know, the vision, heading ability, every single thing. And I would much rather have him for at least two seasons when Kane is at Bayern so that he can learn directly from the striker. I think yeah. that's what helped Muziala develop a lot. He got to learn from the two of two of the world's best attackers in Lewandowski and Thomas Müller. And he got to refine so much of his abilities by watching so many great players around him. And same with Alfonso Davies, got to learn from David Alaba, right? I mean, that, that that's 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 amazing that kind of you know leadership that kind of you know mentorship from some of the world's best players would help quite a lot in a player's development so i would much rather have him for the last two seasons but that being said if we end up signing someone like blauvich or ozeman then i think it's it's the end for you know tells future at Bayern, at least in the short run because i don't think he's going to get any chances ahead of those players who are hungry who are very young and who really want those minutes as well. But there's also no saying that Tell cannot play as a second striker, you know, beside the primary striker. And with Thomas Tuchel as the coach, we really don't know what he has in plan, right? He usually plays a five-man defense, you know. His attack has been quite passive at times in the previous season. Not a big fan. It's possible that he plays a 4-4-2 or something, so... In terms of playing as a secondary striker, I think that Tell can do that. I think we've actually seen it a handful of occasions. Last seasons, there were a lot of times, mind you, that it came on in a like-for-like swap, uh, whether it was for Chopo Motang or whoever else was playing as our most advanced striker at the time, and he did bang in a couple of goals uh, for us. But uh, in terms of playing as a secondary striker, we haven't seen much of that, but I definitely think there will be situations where we're chasing a lead um, or we need a difference of three points instead of one point if we're in the middle of a, of a tie. 
or we're currently drawing a match. So I, I definitely think that that's a possibility. And I do agree with you. I know I'm kind of, excuse me, reverting back to almost changing my original statement a la Tell and Kane and whether or not he'll get loaned out is contingent upon us getting a striker or not. But it would be great for him to learn off of him, and it would be nice to see how he fits with another striker, especially since that in of itself would make him not the target man and not put all of the pressure on him. Almost kind of like a uh, a free card, so to speak. Try and go in and make a difference, and you're not the main target man. You're just one of several uh, or one of at least two. But I know it, it, it is odd at Byron because, you know, for as long as I've been a fan, um, we've always had just an outright striker. You know, this is going back to like the early 2010s. So it is a little bit of a foreign idea. We do really rarely see like a straight 4-4-2 or a, uh, you know, a, a 4-5-1-1 or, you know, uh, or sorry, that like, uh, make sense. Four, I'm going four, to get one, one. crucified for Jesus saying this, Christ. but maybe, yeah. maybe even a maybe even a five three two. But Inns probably going to hunt me down for this because Tuchel yeah, is, or something uh, like that. Shown he can obviously play, not uh, a uh, yeah. obviously not a four five one one. I can't believe I just said that like live on a recording, <laughs> but um, like it, just to make my point, um, we rarely do see those looks from Bayern because we just have so many either central or wide attacking players. We have a plethora of these and we use them to our advantage. And a lot of those players are adaptable. Like I think we know Musiala, Zane, Gnabry, Coman. Uh, they all have the ability to kind of cut in and we can even go further back. Uh, Ribéry and Robin, I think we both know they both have the ability to cut in uh, centrally, especially Robin cutting in from the uh, the right into that onto that left foot. But that, I think, is more of a, a smaller semantic. I think a lot of it is just seeing how he does in the preseason, seeing how he presents himself, if he can kind of make himself stand out, and then what happens with the striker. Is it Kane? Is it someone of a lesser value who we have kind of in reserve as far as the plans are concerned? Valovic, Osiman, I know Kolo Moani. Um, you don't like him very much, but the club is still considering him as a backup option might cost a little bit less than Kane. So I think it mostly depends on on that. But I think he possesses the ability and the I think Tuchel, I should say, has the coach ability. I know that might not even be a word to get him to play as a secondary striker. And I think being at such a young age and being so fresh and new at Bayern, he would accept that role willingly. Yeah, I I agree with everything you've said. And I think uh, you were looking to say coaching ability, but you just clubbed them together and said coach ability. But that's okay. Happens. Hey, yeah, save some us. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think, it's like uh, a lot of those uh, German words that go both ways. Like trainer yeah. in German, as you know, could mean one of three or four different things. So there true, you go. True. Add it to Webster Merriman. Coach ability. This is a coach <laughs> that can coach in different ways or it yes. can be uh describing a player and the coachability he has he can very well be yeah uh, molded that is the by context any, by a good coach i would think it's usually used in uh, uh more more to describe the player than to describe uh, a coach's ability but then again i mean if tom adams says it i think the dictionary is wrong tom is right you know <laughs> yeah you and know. uh and uh about tuchel uh i think yeah, it's going to be a massive, massive season for him, make or break. If he does well, he stays and he could potentially win a treble because these are all his signings. He has shown he can get results in the previous clubs. If he tanks, despite signing the players he wants, he's gone by October, as In likes to say. So it's, it's. I mean, last season, the past two months, I wasn't convinced by how, how, how he did. And I'm honestly not aboard the Tuchel train, but he has all the time to prove me wrong. But for Tell's future, I just really hope that he gets a lot of game time because he's at this time in his career, like when, for example, Mbappe was at Monaco, when he got a lot of minutes and he matured into this amazing world beater of a player. And I think... Tell is of the same mold, a very quick player who can dribble really well and has a very powerful shot. So if he gets the right coaching, the right guidance, I think the sky is the limit. So it all depends on how Tuchel handles the situation. And yeah. speaking of speaking of young talents who are important to Bayern, we really need to talk about Alfonso Davies. I mean, 
there's a chance that he could actually leave the club. How alarming is that? I never thought we would actually have a discussion about this so soon into his future. But it's actually insane that the club is actually considering... I'm not sure if this is entirely true, but it's possible that the club might consider putting Davies in the transfer market because I saw some interest from Real Madrid and there were talks of a hundred million transfer fee plus bonuses discussed. And I was thinking, which fool, and I mean this, you know, in the best of intentions towards Alfonso Davies' career and also to the buying board. I mean, which fool in the buying board would actually ponder you know, selling such an exciting young star who is so important to Bayern's defense, you know, at this point in his career, when he has so much upside, when he has so much more to learn, and he's been so pivotal for Bayern all this all this time. And and I also think that, yes, last season his form dropped, but he is a player who I thought was a cornerstone, an untouchable player, you know, at Bayern. And suddenly it seems like talks are breaking down. This is really scaring me. What do you think, Tom? And this is another one, uh, another situation where I go back to sort of uh, certain players being affected by by Brasso being gone. Because remember, he was a chief architect of him coming to Bayern from uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS and integrating him in uh, to the first team squad uh, between uh, several different managers, actually, because it was at a time when we um, were. Did he get his breakthrough uh, with Heinkes or was it? Nico Kovac, uh, and then I eventually, think... I mean that's that's when he got his break, and then Hansi Flick, obviously after that. Um, yes, I'm not too. Uh, I'm. I think I'm drawing a blank, but I I do believe it was. Uh, I don't believe if Yapankus was around yet, but because I, I do think no, it was like I the think... winter. I think he uh, whether got. It was I think he solidified his position after Yapankus left. So there were talks of him becoming the sporting director, but he did not have a role as such, if I remember correctly, when Yupankis was there. But the role of sporting director, you know, came after the, his departure. At least that's that's how my memory serves me. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is He might be right. right. But, but nonetheless, yeah. uh, he, he was... Uh, he did play a hand, obviously, in uh, Davies coming to Bayern and then I don't think a lot of us expected him to integrate into the first team as quickly as he did and become one of the world's best left backs and I do agree with you I think most Bayern fans would agree with you too that his form definitely took a dip this season and I know he's had uh, a handful of injury problems obviously that one season he had the uh, myocarditis um, inflammation in in the heart muscle so he had to take some time off you know, I'm not too sure how much that affected him, but he seemed to come back absolutely fine. And and Bayern and their medical and physio staff took absolutely every precaution to make sure that he wasn't coming back too soon and running a risk of complicating things. But his form did take a dip this season, and I don't really know where it came from, if it was just um, tactical switches and then towards the end of the season, the managerial switches. But because I know he himself, I think a lot of people, because he's been so good at left back for Bayern, forget that he was a left winger in the MLS for the Whitecaps. Precisely. And he pretty much assumes yeah. that role for the Canadian national team as well, who have really come uh, leaps and bounds since he's become a prominent player. Um, and it's very nice to see their progression. It was nice to see them involved in the World Cup, albeit not faring particularly too well, but I don't, and then there's all this off pitch stuff too. You know, him splitting with his uh his girlfriend. Uh there's speculation that there was like some cheating going on, but I'm not one to speculate uh, in, in the personal uh, yeah, matters. Yeah. I just I, remember. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I thought on social media, like the 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 soccer player he was dating, like they all of a sudden split, and then she was with someone new. Like what seemed like very quickly. And there was some kind of speculation that he uh, maybe maybe cheated sure. on her. I don't know how sure much that would did his mind on the pitch, yeah. but regardless of all of that, like I don't think for but, example, I mean, this personal situation to tie this into. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say it, on the other end, Real Madrid very much are in the market for a left back. You know, let's let's remember they they put uh, Kamavinga there for most of the season, who is a central midfielder by trade. Uh, so I think Ancelotti and Real Madrid know that how much they need a uh, a left back. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like he went from being this, this untouchable 
And then there's some slight changes to our front office in Oliver Kahn and Hassan Salih. Hamadich being dismissed by the club and all of a sudden his agent has been doing a little bit of posturing saying, ah, well, I, I don't know, I mean, a new deal or, you know, we'll entertain the idea of potentially leaving. And it's well known that Real Madrid are one of the most, if not the most interested club in signing him. Yeah, I just I just think that uh, it doesn't like. I mean, yes, Real Madrid are in the fray, but firstly, I don't think Davies' personal situation is really affecting Bayern's stance in this matter because we know that his performances on the pitch have been really good, uh, especially the first half of the season when that split happened. And he was performing, or or it happened maybe even before that. I, I think it happened even before that. And he did really well in the first half. He was so crucial to Nagelsmann's setup. And he was he was so good venturing forward. He was so good defending. He did so much. I just believe that regardless of his situation right now, and obviously the injury situation that he went through, he has such a bright future. And you cannot place a value on potential. He has so much more you know, to improve on. And I don't think there's anyone who can deny me saying that if he gets more well-rounded in certain aspects of the game, like his defensive timing, maybe the timing of his runs to get back in time to recover balls, he could become the world's best left-back for a long time to come, like the undisputed left-back. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and, and I don't know he how, has... how much of like signing Guerrero potentially might have had to do with his agent coming out and, and saying these things, but I really don't think... I know uh, Ryan said last weekend that Davies is still... For him, uh, the starting left back. I don't know Absolutely. How, how you feel uh, about no, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. Feel the same. Guerrero is a great player. He's a very good left back, but he is not as good defensively as he is offensively. He's one of the best offensive left backs in the Bundesliga, 100%. There's no doubt about it. And he can offer so much. You know, his free kick taking ability and his work on set pieces is great. It's possible that Kimmich might get a breather now that Guerrero is there at Bayern. That being said, Nobody can replace Davies. Like, it's not possible. That man has so much pace, so much raw pace to recover, to come back in time, to make defensive plays, to contribute to the attack. Guerrero is, at best, the second-choice left-back and can help with the rotations. And we don't have to have a huge drop in quality when, if or when Davies gets injured. That being said, Davies, selling him would be a disaster, in my opinion, especially for Real Madrid. Can yeah. you believe that? And I hate that club. Like, I despise that club, and I cannot have one of our best players joining them. Do you remember the last time a really good player from Bayern went to Real Madrid? It was Tony Cruz, David Alaba. All these players ended up winning the Champions League at Real Madrid. And they yeah. contributed significantly to those campaigns, right? So you have... Yeah. All of this history of players going from Bayern and, you know, making great fortunes as well. I don't want that same thing to happen to Davies. I want us to keep him at all costs. And and I guess the only thing helping him in that situation compared to them is we know his worth. 100%. Precisely. Wasn't it Tony Cruz? It was uh, Honus and Rummenigge at the time. It was like minuscule. I know. Oh, I mean, the market changes very rapidly year over year, especially uh, uh, after COVID. Um, and and how much money different leagues and different clubs generate, especially after winning the Champions League. But wasn't it? Oh, it was like five million euro per year. Yeah, or something. I think they, they felt over that five uh, Cruz wasn't million. worth yeah. it. And look at what happened. Yeah. Oof, I just don't want to repeat the same mistake again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they end up getting Davies, he would essentially be, you know, the the next gen replacement for Marcelo. Like he would just slot right in, yep. and they would have they would have their defense sorted. I mean, imagine Phil and Mendy on one side of their defense, and Alfonso Davies on the other. That would be ridiculous, and we cannot opt to make make this mistake. And Bayern have messed up in the past. We have really messed up so many times. We have lost a lot of players for peanuts. You know, many instances when we've lost so many good players for peanuts, many instances when our transfer business has been shoddy, we simply cannot afford to make this mistake. It will weaken the defense quite a bit. It will change the way Bayern plays the game. Bayern is comfortable playing four at the back because Davies can recover, because the team can attack, but also let the opposition have space at the back because Davies can always come back. He can always save us from those situations. That's the precise reason why we have Mazraoui yeah. at right back. 
because he's a very similar kind of player. And having both players, you know, strengthens Bayern defense a lot. And talks about Mazrawi's disgruntlement, you know, with Thomas Tuchel and the situation is also making me nervous because the manager is not doing himself or the club any favors, you know, by alienating these players. And if the reports are true and Mazrawi is indeed set on leaving the club, can you imagine how disastrous that would be for Bayern backline if Davies is on the transfer market? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, especially if Pavard winds up leaving too. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I think Pavard is as good as gone, so that would be a disaster. And I'm putting that lightly because we signed Kim Min Jae, and we finally felt that oh, okay, our defense is sorted. You know, we can take a breather. And then this happens. It's going to be miserable. Luca Hernandez is left. We have to remember that he was a player who could play both left back and centre back, and now he's gone. And it's possible that Benjamin Pavard yeah. follows right after. We signed Kim Minjay to be, you know, Hernandez's replacement. That doesn't mean that, you know, we can sell two other fullbacks, you know, for no reason. So I think Bayern should do everything it can to convince Davies to stay and extend his contract to the maximum possible time, which is five years, and to make Mazrawi feel important, to feel wanted, because that's very important. And I think... Uh, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge's reinstatement to the supervisory board and Uli Hoeneß pulling strings, you know, from the back. Uh, potentially, they have a huge role to play here as well. They need to bring back the player relations that they had when they were in managerial positions at the club. The, the, the personal touch, you know. If you remember, uh, I think it was uh, yeah. Uli Hoeneß who called uh, Franck Ribéry and uh, also Kingsley Coman home to have uh, food with him to convince yeah, them dinner. to extend with the club. Yeah, the, right the dinner, dinner, the famous dinners. Exactly. So <laughs> all it takes is one dinner at Uli's home with his famous sausages, and a player is as good as extended, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's not that difficult, guys. Just, I mean, it's the art of negotiation, and you cannot alienate players. You cannot make the agents and the players feel undervalued. And that is something that has been going, going on at Bayern lately, and I hope they rectify it. I feel like Schnitzel, I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes I need the equivalent of a uh, Uli Honus convincing dinner. If I could have that for like household chores, I mean, man, <laughs> the amount of stuff yeah. that would get done in no time. Free motivation. I need him to come do that for me. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, I don't know. You know just, maybe just, it all, all it takes is uh, some uh, Honus bratwurst or something and, and, and good yeah, beer. I don't know. But I would love it's to have one of those dinners. <laughs> Sometimes I need doesn't that motivation. He have like a, doesn't he have like a restaurant in Munich for, which is managed by his family and they serve worse? He might. He, I, he used to own yeah. a, uh, like either a butchery or a sausage brand that I think yes. now uh, one, of his, one of or both of his kids manage. Precisely. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. So that's all that takes, man. Just convince the players, get them to sign. It's not that. It's not rocket science. Just make them feel valued, honestly. And speaking of, you know, Bayern's defense, I believe that we already have put the situation very clearly. If we manage to keep these players, Bayern does well. If we do not, we are, and I don't want to use expletives here, I'll just say blank, 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 ED. <laughs> Fill them with uh, yeah. whatever choice of letters I mean, you'd like, you know, just, just. And, and just to chime in on that, you know, if we do wind up, if this disgruntlement grows even deeper between Masrawi, Tuchel, uh, and the management, and we lose Pavard, like, I think it would be maybe essential that we do keep that push alive for Kyle Walker. I know he might not be the same type of player as both of them, but I think there's a versatility there, you know, when he can step into midfield and how he can move based off of Davies' movement or Guerrero's movement, whoever it is on the other side of that pitch. Because um, that's kind of gone quiet too. I know that the the links were heavily there. Everything the sole focus does kind of uh, levitate towards Harry Kane in the striker position right now. But let's not forget that we were linked with him too, and he's already done everything possible that he can do um, at, at Manchester City. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Obviously, I think what is it today, July second. There's a yep. lot of time left in the in the transfer window. I personally, I know we've talked about this before. Don't like how. It supersedes the start of the season, but mm. Mm, you and I can't really change that. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. I if if 
the right transfer takes that long, I'm totally fine with it because I'm confident with the squad that we do have uh, right now uh, come day one that we can still do the business in the Bundesliga and make a push in the Champions League. But, you know, as we've discussed with some of these additions, we can really become another genuine contender for another treble and multiple pieces of silverware. And I think speaking of signing English players, Calvin Phillips is also in the mix for the midfield position, right? And uh, I mean, very soon uh, we could also have, you know, quite a lot of English players, you know, at Bayern, much to the delight of English yeah. Tom. Hashtag BFW's uh, English Tom, uh, the, uh, the, yeah. the the massive tea drinker, you know. <laughs> uh, and I remember uh, it was I Need No Name who had jumped on the opportunity to initially write about our our interest and our link to Calvin Phillips and I made a point of uh you know going over his history with uh within before he wrote the post going from Leeds United to Manchester City how surprisingly good he was in Euros uh Euro 2020 which technically took yeah. place in the summer of 2021 uh myself with most of my English mates I, we talked mostly about him and how impressive he was in that term he was really and, good um, yes. kind of unexpectedly no one really expected him to poorly, but yeah, I think it was probably for me um, one of the best players at the Euros, and uh, more of a sentimental touch. I always respect the first player to go up to Bukayo Saka after missing that penalty uh, against Italy in the uh, the Euros. That that was the penalty that handed the title to to Italy, which is pretty funny if you actually do the rounds on uh, Google, YouTube, and social media. You can tell, like, Gigi Donnarumma has admitted, like, when he saved that penalty, he didn't even realize that was the last one, which I always yep. think is kind of funny. Because, like, you know how uh, always, like a, people call it, like, the post-dunk? Like, you gotta look cool when you do, like, a big dunk or a, a posturize in the NBA. It's almost like the same thing. It almost looked like uh, Gigi Donnarumma was trying to, like, you know, being icy cool, but it's just funny to know that he genuinely did not know. That was yeah, really yeah. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, Calvin Phillips, yeah, great player. I just think uh, since we already signed Conrad Limer, and it's potentially uh, likely that we also sign a player of Calvin Phillips' caliber, uh, this might spell uh, some not very good things for Leon Goretzka, who has not been in the best of form lately, and he al- always keeps getting injured. Well, and so. also too. Schnitzel, it's like all like Declan Rice was our main guy. Uh, and then all of a yeah. sudden, you know, he wants to stay in England, stay in London. And then, you know, no, but 105 million is crazy. Arsenal. Yeah. And then we, we say, oh, we're no longer emphasizing a number six midfielder, even though from the get go going into the window, Tuchel was like striker and a number six. Those are my top two priorities. And, you know, we haven't really done business for any of those yet. Um, so you, it's kind of funny you, to me. To be honest with you, though, I think if uh, Conrad Limer can play the holding role, and I think he's excellent at it, he can be a destroyer type number six, and you can put either Kimmich or Calvin Phillips if we end up signing him in front of the player. You have a really good midfield setup, and it's possible. And I and I see. I I, I agree with that, and I've yeah. watched a fair deal of RB Leipzig for many many seasons. Exactly, and yeah. it's weird, Schnitzel, like Bayern fan Twitter and on social media, everyone seems against Limer playing as any form of a six, which I don't quite understand. No, I think he's more suited to playing a six because I think what's holding Kimmich's attacking potential back is the fact that he also has to defend. And yes, the player can defend really well, but Goretzka has not been doing great as his partner lately. And I don't know why exactly, like it's, regressed quite a bit since you know the start of the season under Nagelsmann so if this keeps going on it also means that Goretzka doesn't have competition which I think wouldn't be a problem once Limer joins and maybe someone of Calvin Phillips caliber joins because you constantly have this motivation to perform better because you have uh you know a player who's really really good trying to take your position away so Conrad Limer could enable Kimmich to unleash his potential at attack and I have a hunch that Thomas Tuchel could also continue to bench Thomas Miller, as sad as this sounds, and accelerate the process of him getting fired from Bayern. Because I think that Tuchel, I mean, he's admitted multiple multiple times in the previous season and didn't make much sense. He was like, Thomas Miller doesn't have pace, and that's why I would sacrifice him for another player. And I think he could opt to go to a three-man midfield, a la Chelsea, you know, when he had that midfield of Kante, Kovacic, and uh, Mason Mount, right? 
So if he does the same thing at Bayern Munich, that would mean... Who are now all gone, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> that, that, that is hilarious, yes. Uh, Kovacic. If he does... The city, that, that one's cute. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's... Uh, yes, it is. Uh, he's towards the twilight of his career, but it's still a really good transfer. And it's City, you know. They lost Gundogan and they instantly signed his replacement. That's crazy. But that's City for you. Well, and was it... Remind me, this season, was it Nagelsmann or Tuchel... I, uh, now I'm forgetting, and now I don't want to look like an idiot for if it was Nagelsmann, but they had taken Muller off after 45 minutes and then come out and admitted that was a mistake. Was that Nagelsmann or was that Tuchel? I don't remember if it was a Champions League match, but I think it was. So I think I thought it Nagelsmann, was uh, against Man City. I, think, I could be wrong, though. I, I, think, I know we covered it extensively. I think there was a time when Nagelsmann uh, benched Thomas Muller, right? And it didn't go too well against, uh, I believe, PSG. So he admitted his mistake, and then he rectified it in the second leg. And Bayern played so much better, and we won that game so convincingly. And he made all the right changes. And then there's Thomas Tuchel, who benches Müller for an entire tie and plays Müller only for 10 minutes at the end of the you know, second half and you know, pretends to not understand why everything didn't work out. And then I think he also came out and said that he thought playing faster players would be the way to go, but it was a calculated error for honest part. I think that's that's what folded. And I believe, and I believe that Tuchel made uh, disastrous decisions in both legs against Manchester City, and that directly led to our disqualification from you know not disqualification or not get, get us getting knocked out from the Champions League uh, semi quarterfinals. Yeah, it was it was quite sad. You were, yeah, think, you're right. I I just looked it up, Schnitzel, and it was uh, Nagelsmann. So, so my mistake. It was yes. not too cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He had opted for uh, Chupamoting, who I thought played well in that first leg in Paris. But yeah, he did really. He well. had opted yeah. for him instead of Muller. But yep, but yeah, I mean, Tuchel messed up royally, and if he keeps doing this, I mean, Muller is still indispensable for Bayern, right? So it's not about. I think Tuchel has a big job in his hands. And he has some very important decisions to make. He's getting all the signings he wants. So if he doesn't perform, he is gone. That's that's my conclusion. And I I don't think uh, it's 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 unfair to argue that uh, he would be gone by October or November if he does not get the desired results. The whole reason yeah, why the buying management remember too he's only on a two and a half year contract, so exactly you know, not yeah. that much. That's a, in football terms that is a short contract. That is that is, and if. I, I'm just hoping that if there's any chance we can bring Nagelsmann back, Bayern should actually explore that option because he had something nice going on when he was at Bayern. And it's so sad that he left before he could see out that Champions League season. I believe he could have achieved something big if he was still at the club, but that's just me. I definitely uh, share the sentiment of the timing of that decision being very off and it, it's very much of a what if type of scenario for me, but and yeah, interesting that he's actually been loosely linked with taking over for a Hansi flick as the Bayern demand shaft merry-go-round constantly spins because <laughs> flick is like Germany has not been performing well. He's been very so, bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. It'd yeah. be absolutely crazy to me if that winds up happening. But Nagelsmann is a demand shaft man manager after. And then Dufel gets fired and flick rejoins Bayern. Bayern. Yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. insane. How yeah. about that? Wow. Wow. Maybe and Bayern we was find planning out this like all along. Brazo yeah. operating the merry-go-round or Oliver Kahn. 60 underwater Yu-Gi-Oh! or something. Yeah, yeah. He's been planning all of this behind <laughs> the scenes. Maybe maybe him getting fired was just a smoke screen. Maybe he's still part of the supervisory committee, you know? It's quite possible. Yeah, Bayern is just, just rogue. Just, yeah, just throwing all the other clubs off guard. And then all of the PowerPoints are being operated by Brazo. You know, just, just insane. <laughs> <laughs> from his basement. I think, uh, yeah, I think we've covered all the topics that we intended to cover today, and it was uh, amazing having you on the pod with me, Tom. Thank you for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Absolutely. And, uh, yes, uh, feel free to 
like, rate, share, subscribe to our podcasts on any and all podcasting platforms that you listen to us on, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Megaphone, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know how many podcasting platforms you're on, you know, just all of them. And uh, also, as we always like to say, for aliens listening to us from outer space, make sure to give us your feedback in whatever language you, you know, you use. And uh, BFW's language expert, John Dillon, will help us, you know, make sense of your messages, you know. And uh, thank you for your feedback and your love, as always. Uh, you keep us going. Very soon, I hope we end up winning the World Soccer Talks Best Podcast Award yes. for a second year running. I was, I was just going to add, Schnitzel, that that tweet with the link to the voting platform is pinned on our profile. And I would like to add just a quick announcement too. always be sure to follow us at Bavarian FB works. Uh, and I have put out a tweet shortly before coming on the air uh, with schnitzel here, but we are trialing Twitter blue for a brief period of time just to see if it would be worth it because we want to keep our visibility as high as possible to all of you guys um, as a, almost a return for the continued support. And we are paying for it out of our own pockets. Uh, so very much appreciated if you could continue to spread the BFW brand and the BFW word. And uh, we hope that all of you enjoy the continued content and coverage for Bayern uh, and, and Germany news, whether it be on Twitter or via any of our platforms, our website or the podcast. And be sure to vote if you haven't via that link that is pinned to our Twitter profile. Blue tech, uh, I mean, uh, we feel like celebrities now. That's crazy. Yeah, that feels <laughs> good, man. But yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, all your votes and all your support is what has kept us going. And if we win the World Soccer Talk Best Podcast Award for a second year running, it's going to be insane. And that wouldn't be possible without your support. So thank you guys once again for listening in. And make sure to stay tuned to all of our podcasts and articles on Bavarian Football Works. Thank you once again. Vielen Dank und auf Wiedersehen.